Hey everybody, Matt Hartman here with another episode of the Race Nerd Podcast here on CKCC Radio. Thank you listeners, and uh, thank you for your patience. Uh, I've been trying to get these shows done, it's just been actually a little bit of an undertaking, uh, especially with the way my job schedule has been within the last, well, pretty much the entire summer. It's been very hard to... Uh, record episodes and have them up in a timely manner and the times I do have episodes up it's been um, not the quality that I want Uh, so I kind of took a little bit of a respite from um, recording until I could find time Uh, thankfully right now I have I have some time to talk with you guys so I appreciate that So, as I said, you know, like I said, it's been a hot minute, and there's been a lot of stuff that's gone on. Not going to dwell too much on the the racing aspect, because there's been a lot of stories that have gone on within the last couple of weeks uh, since our last episode. You know, news on uh, the Bush Brothers, Kurt and Kyle, um, news on um, the car of the next-gen car and the playoffs and everything else. It's just been insane. And this is just NASCAR. We haven't even got to the IndyCar stuff. Um, So, um, yeah, there's a lot to go through. But we got to pop Quiznos. And I want to do the pop Quiznos first. Um, This last weekend, uh, we had... Eric Jones in the Petty GMS uh, 43 car uh, picks up his second ever um, Southern 500 win. Now, that 40, that same 43 car, which is synonymous with Richard Petty and the Petty uh, family, when was the last time that that car, that number, had won at Darlington? Uh, answer later on in the show. So, um, as I said, there's been a lot of news. A lot of news. We're not even scratching about NHRA, which um, there's been some news. Antron Brown is is, um, speaking before Congress today, uh, the multi-time NHRA uh, champion. uh, Speaking in Congress um, at one of their House Appropriation meetings. Um, Obviously, we've got... IndyCar going on in our final stretch. But NASCAR is what I want to dwell about. I want to talk about, before we really get into this, let's talk about the playoff picture. Because um, as of the last recording I did, um, we had two drivers fighting for one playoff spot. And in essence, once we got to the final race of the regular season, um, those same two drivers were in a spot. Were in that same spot, battling for that final position. Um, but there was a monkey wrench thrown in, and this monkey wrench is by the name of Kurt Busch. And the reason why I say that is because Kurt was injured at Pocono, um, suffered his concussions and whatnot, and has actually been out since Pocono. Initially, what was thought to be a couple of races, 
2311 Racing had filed a waiver um, to kind of lift, to kind of make an exemption with his injuries. Um, as part of the playoffs, you have to compete in all the races, or at least attempt all the races. Um, Kurt was not physically able to do so, so NASCAR, they, uh, the team had applied to NASCAR for a medical waiver, um, which pretty much had been granted, but as Kurt's recovery got longer and longer, it became less and less likely that he would um, be back in time for the playoffs. And it, we got to the point where um, Kurt actually had requested NASCAR to um, disregard his medical waiver for um, a playoff spot as he did not want to um, jeopardize, you know, another driver's, you know, possibility of another driver making the playoffs who would have deservedly made it. Now, um, NASCAR had, you know, agreed. Um, they, they, you know, they went along with Kurt um, wanting the, uh, the waiver disregarded, uh, which freed up his spot in the playoffs for either Martin Truex Jr., Ryan Blaney, or a third, um, possible driver, depending on the outcome of Daytona. Now, we know the outcome of Daytona. Austin Dillon makes the race, uh, wins the race, makes the playoffs um, by his lone win. And Ryan Blaney would beat out um, Martin Truex Jr. on points, which meant Martin would be the go-home driver um, out, of, out of the playoffs. And something which I think going into the season, we knew we would see a lot of parody, but we've had 17 different winners in 27 races, which is astounding. Um, I mean, we were talking about Kevin Harvick, uh, who won at Michigan, then later on won at, um, at Richmond the next week. Um, he, uh, was the first driver to actually win back-to-back -back races in the 2022 season in Cup. So, I mean, that, that, that says a lot for the competition, but at the same time, you had drivers who did not win that were very consistent, um, Blaney and Truex being two of those. Uh, that were, you know, in essence, at risk of making the playoffs. Especially with, you know, when you have drivers like um, Chase Briscoe, who is barely in the top 20 points-wise uh, for the overall season, but he is competing for a championship, while Martin Truex Jr., who has been in the top 10 points all year long, uh, has been sent home. The only difference between their seasons is Martin was not able to get a win, and uh, Briscoe picked up the win earlier in the season at Phoenix. So there, there, with the parity in this, it, it kind of punishes you for being consistent but not a winner. Uh, so I, I guess you got to pick and choose your battles. And I've been, 
uh, vocal at times on the playoff structure, but I think with this equality that there is and parity in these cars, I think it's just been it's just been a very very hard issue um, to kind of navigate. Uh, so we have that, and like I said, Kurt had wait had moved his waiver and you know had his waiver removed, um, which freed up the spot that in essence Ryan Blaney got um, because of Dylan winning at Daytona. And as I said, 17 winners, you're probably doing the math in your head, but wait, only 15, uh, one making, you know, their way into the playoffs. Uh, Kurt Busch at Kansas would have been 16. Then we had Eric Jones, um, spoiling it for the, um, the playoff contenders that, uh, picking up his first win of the season at, um, Darlington in a, uh, in a, a crazy, crazy um, race, which saw uh, Elliot Sadler, or not Elliot Sadler, Chase Elliot. Wow, Elliot Sadler. It's a name I haven't heard in a while. Um, Chase Elliot um, involved in a wreck with Chase Briscoe uh, early in the race, which saw the regular season champion uh, fall from first to ninth in points. I mean, granted, this is out after one race, but first to ninth in points, and Kevin Harvick uh, fall below the cut line when his car caught on fire, which we'll talk about here in a, in a bit. But I want to um, go talk about from from uh, Kurt's waiver, uh, which, on a side note. Um, 2311 did something smart. Now, while Kurt has um, rescinded his medical waiver and took himself out of the Drivers' Championship playoff, the 45 car is still in the the uh, Owners' Championship playoff, um, and they did something that was very unique. They um, Essentially, swapped their drivers as for the playoff run, Bubba Wallace will be driving the 45 car, which is locked into the owner's championship playoff. And Ty Gibbs, who has been filling in for Kurt Busch, will be moving to the 23 car. Now, that is not a permanent thing. That is just for uh, the rest of the season for these next 10 races. Um, the teams essentially did not swap crews, did not swap anything. They just swapped the numbers on their cars, uh, which is great. Um, it was a smart move uh, by 2311 by Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan because this not only sets up um, a, a chance for the 45 team to do this, but it also takes a lot of pressure off Ty Gibbs, who um, who is getting this seat time in the Cup Series. A, uh, a, a lot less pressure being under a, uh, a, a title chase uh, for the owner's title. And it was very... Um, like, unlike a lot of teams, it was very easy to kind of shift these two drivers because many of them carry the same sponsors like McDonald's 
and money lying and whatnot. And for, it's not just, it's, there's a lot of cogs in the wheel. Um, you have not just the owners, but you also got to um, move the, the driver, you know, the drivers to these different teams and all of their sponsorship deals. So there would be a lot of people signing off on this. And apparently, uh, twenty three eleven has a lot of good, um, a lot of good uh, sponsors who are who are perfectly okay with this. So that's um, a really cool positive. Uh, so props to them on that. Um, but uh, moving from Kurt Busch, let's talk about Kyle because Kyle's name has been mentioned and sometimes uh, mentioned alongside his brother's name. And the reason for that is because the Kyle Bush sweepstakes are still continuing. Um, we should have an answer in a few weeks. And the rumor mill initially had um, Kyle going to Stuart Haas. Now, um, That is kind of that window is kind of diminished a little bit with Eric Amarola agreeing to come back to the ten car for um, twenty twenty three and twenty twenty four. Signed a new two year deal. He was able to work out uh, stuff with his family. As as obviously this appears to be um, initiated by uh, Smithfield, the sponsor of the ten team, which has been with um, Amarola for many, many years, going back to Richard Petty Motorsports. Uh, so with them, the, that leaves the spot of the 41 car that might open up with Cole Custer moving to an alliance with Rick Ware Racing. Maybe they'll get some support and some money um, to put Custer in that car so they can open it up for, um, for Kurt. And more than likely with Haas Automation, uh, Gene Haas's company, the the co-owner there at Stuart Haas, um, picking up uh, the sponsorship, much like he did with um, Kurt during his time with uh, with Stuart Haas. Um, that is one rumor. Obviously, there's been a rumor of Colleg Racing making a big splash in signing him, uh, but. The biggest sponsor, the biggest name, which was kind of a surprise when I first heard it, but it makes sense, uh, especially in the light of what'll be transpiring in 2024, is Richard Childress Motorsports. Um, would would be the big name to hop into the Kyle Busch sweepstakes, and this one kind of like picked up a little bit of traction. Um, that Kyle Busch would be signing with RCR in uh, a very unique deal. Now, there, there's a couple of different rumors on how this would happen. Um, the first would be Tyler Reddick being let out of his contract early. Um, the only way I would see this happening is if 2311 ponies up a lot of cash um, to let him go to 2311 for the 2023 season, uh, where he is currently under contract for them for 2024, possibly instead of letting them run a lame duck year um, at RCR, letting him go a year early and putting 
hurt in that car. Now, the only way that, that would theoretically happen is if Kurt Busch's injuries are enough to force him to call it a career. Now, a lot of, a lot, mind you, a lot of the rumors that are going on on what Kurt is doing have, you know, could pertain to what um, Kyle ends up doing. If Kurt stays, you know, he will be back at 2311 in the car, which means um, that could close up one spot, you know, because we could see um, Kyle possibly for one year in the uh, 20... The 54 car, or um, or whatever, but the, the newest rumor I heard, and this makes sense, is that RCR will rent out a charter for one year, um, bring their team to three cars for the 2023 season uh, to keep Reddick, Dylan, and um, bringing Kurt Bu uh, Kyle Bush to the team, then in 2024, uh, return that charter that they're renting and move Kurt to the eight car, which will presumably be renumbered, you know, something more than eight, probably the 33, which they are running um, currently um, for a race to race deal. This makes the most sense, and, you know, I know a lot of people are like, Kyle Busch in a Chevy? I mean, he did start his career with Hendrick Motorsports. Um, he did. He was pretty good with Chevrolet. Uh, he didn't have a breakout in his career until he joined Joe Gibbs Racing on their um, flagship car, the 18. But um, he did start his career with Chevy and with Hendrick. And um, while everybody knows the issues that Childress had with um, Kyle Busch back in the day, it seems like they had mended fences many years ago. Um, and Childress does have a tendency to have hot-headed um, drivers who, uh, who can win, you know. You know, he's had drivers like Robbie Gordon... Robbie's uh, all of his cup wins have come with um, RCR Kevin Harvick for the first half of his career he ran with RCR um, was, a, was a title contender many years won a Daytona 500 with them uh, you've had uh, this guy by the name of Dale Sr run for him. He only won like six championships and he wasn't always the nicest guy on the track. Kind of had a reputation for being a rough driver and an outspoken driver. So, I mean, these are these are probably some of the biggest names in the sport. I mean, at one point, Tony Stewart ran at least one race for Richard Childress. So, you know, you have, if you have somebody who can handle um, Kyle Busch uh, I think that's great. And I, I think getting him back in a Chevy would be a great coup uh, from Toyota. Um, obviously, Toyota wants to keep him. They want to do everything they can to keep him in that camp, whether it's um, to continue on with Joe Gibbs Racing or to continue on with um, whatever uh, 
they might uh, have, you know, in the pipeline, whether it's 2311 or whether they strike up an alliance with the, with a current team moving to Toyota. Um, you never know, but they want to keep him in the fold, obviously. Um, if there's some pretty strong rumors of Richard Childress Racing and Kyle, I'm sure Chevy has a hand in that because this is one of Chevy's um, major flagship teams. And I'm sure, uh, you know, Ford is giving him the look over. And who knows, we may have a team out of the running like Colic Racing who may have a long, long shot, you know really put all their chips in into the Kyle Busch um, sweepstakes there. You know, may bet the farm on that. So, we don't know. Um, I'm sure there's going to be an announcement in the next couple of weeks on something because I don't imagine this dragging any longer. And, and uh, for what it is, this is probably one of the better kept uh, Silly Season secrets in the garage um, because obviously we... You know, the Brad Keselowski one last year, I mean, that was pretty much a foregone conclusion, but they just couldn't say it due to contract uh, uh, co contract legal limbo. So, um, moving on. I do want to talk about the next-gen car. Um, there's been a lot of complaints while the racing has been great and a lot of improvements on this next-gen car compared to um, previous generation cars um, one thing that is noticeably a issue is in the terms of safety uh, a lot of drivers have been complaining about the car um, both prior to Kurt Busch's injury and um, Darlington where we saw uh, Kevin Harvick's Bud Light um, Bush Light Ford uh, catch fire and a very scary fire at that. We're, just, we're not talking about a little bit of a fire. We're talking about fire on the whole side of the car and coming through the dash and everything else. Um, due to the way the construction is on the on the um, the rocker on the rocker panels of the car and whatnot, um, the air ducts on there next to the headers, it it became a very serious issue. Um, the four team was definitely not pleased. A lot of drivers have not pleased that these cars hit harder um, when they make contact into the wall, um, that the rear clip has no give, um, there's no real crush like on the old cars. Um, the old cars, if they were to hit the wall, there would be a little more give, but still keep the driver safe. Uh, this car is too rigid, it's too sturdy, um, and in my opinion, I... I don't care how good the racing is. I, 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 I pretty much enjoyed the racing at most of the races they've gone to this year. Uh, outside of a handful, which I thought were just kind of ho-hum. Uh, most of the racing has been excellent. It's been, you know, head and shoulders above what it had been in the past. Now, whether, you know, you got to find the trade-off there. Um, when it comes to safety, um, we had a lot of great racing with the, uh, Gen 4 car, which was the car from the 90s and early 2000s, uh, before we got our car tomorrow, um, there was a lot with that, but there were a lot of safety features that need to be worked on. That's why we got that, um, 
that COT car, the car tomorrow, which was just a big, ugly box with a wing on it, um, which a lot of fans try to put out of their memory because that was the antithesis of good racing. That Honestly, that's probably the era that I try to forget when it comes to that because it was not good racing. The cars were ugly. They were too uh, cookie-cutter. And while the racing was bad, it was it kept the drivers safe. Now, when they got rid of the COT car, moved to this Gen 6 product that we've seen up until this year, um, it was kind. Of, it was a little bit of a happy medium, but not quite. Um, there were there were you know some issues, but. Um, we still had the safety factor that um, was making an improvement. Now with this next gen car, and while it's run good and has, it's we all know it was still going to have its bugs and issues, but um, this the safety aspect you can't overlook. Um, whether it's finding out what caused the fire in the um, on the the four car at Darlington or finding a way to um, for drivers not to be injured like Kurt was at uh, Pocono which I, th I, I seriously believe with the old car would have been you know he might have had a concussion but I don't think it would have been as serious um, this was just a um, there, there needs to be more give, whether they make um, the whole underside of the car instead of one straight piece, whether they make that um, a multi-piece unit, uh, allowing it to give way a little more, or whether they do this. Now, I know another issue is safety or... Um, you know, are we going to be more on the safety side or whether this is going to be a cost issue, which is another reason for this um, new car. It, um, you know, it's a, it's a major thing. And, but you can't, the, the honest thing that I've heard today is you cannot put a, a price tag on safety. And if they need to redo this car, it needs to be redone. Uh, something needs to happen. Um, they have the parts in place for a good car. So that's what they need to do. Um, hopefully, you know, NASCAR R&D is taking a serious look at all these issues that have happened over the last, um, over the last season and see if they can fix something without completely gutting this new car. Um, but... As of right now, where you know nothing's in the works, whether NASCAR or they really waits till after the season to take a look at it or not, is beyond me. Um, hopefully, they're doing their due diligence with this new system, but until then, we won't know. But uh, a pop quiz knows real quick the answer to that. Before I go anywhere, the last time the 43 car won in. Um, at Darlington was 55 years ago in 1967. That was the race that Richard Petty uh, picked up.
one more win uh, than his father, who was at the time the all-time winningest driver in NASCAR, Lee Petty. So, anyway, until next time, I'm Matt Hardman, and I will see you at the track. Bye.